Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just so weird, isn't it? Yeah. People say stuff like that. I apologize for it. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism, and I have a little pool here, and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. Mm. No, baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Are you Jacksonville or Atlanta? This is Wretched Radio. You're thinking, Friel, I can't be a city. But these two towns, I believe, represent two different responses to our Romans 1 culture. Jacksonville, Florida, First Baptist Church, led by Senior Pastor Heath Lambert. His book, Finally Free on Porn Addiction, is outstanding if you're needing such a tool. He and the elders decided we need to have all members agree to a statement affirming a biblical definition of marriage and genders. Quote, as a member of First Baptist Church, I believe that God creates people in his image as either male or female, and that this creation is a fixed matter of human biology, not individual choice. I believe marriage is instituted by God, not government, is between one man and one woman, and is the only context for sexual desire and expression. Boom! Pithy and clear as a bell. That's one way to respond to a culture that insists that our views on gender and sexuality are primitive and hateful. In Atlanta, you are going to hear a different type of response. For some reason, this has been buried for about nine, ten months, but it has now been resurfaced. Andy Stanley, speaking at a North Point Community Church conference, made some comments about gender and sexuality that are causing people to say, um, what? Figure out how to get straight people. As excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. Well, it seems that Pastor Stanley is not just suggesting, but he's stating that straight Christians aren't really as enthusiastic as gay Christians. Not my language, his. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm a gay person. I'll just read it to you. A gay person. When- by the by, the way, the reason that he's reading it is because this has been carefully crafted. This is not off the cuff. These are prepared remarks. A gay person. When I say gay, men and women. Okay, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community. I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. If you never thought that a seeker-sensitive pastor could scold, yes, yes, they can. A gay person who knows, you know what, I might not be accepted here, but I'm going to try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Do you? Where do you go that you're not sure you're going to be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place. I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults. Got to ask the question. 
what's he saying? Gay men who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. Is he saying that these are people who have become Christians who continue to live that lifestyle? Or is he saying, no, these are people who have repented and desired to mortify their desires? The answer to that question is, well, yeah, we're never really told for sure. Want to participate in our church Oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness. What did that mean? Jimmy? I I don't know. What did that mean? Now, it could mean two things. It could mean we could get into the details of such were some of you Or it could have meant, like some people are speculating, I got a different understanding about the clobber verses of the New Testament regarding sexuality. Which is it? And the answer is, were you confused about the statement from Jacksonville? No. Crystal clear. This rather confusing at best. Gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. God said, no. What did that mean? Tell Richard Land wrote an article on this in the Christian post. Andy Stanley in his troubling message as spiritual shepherd of the flock. Now, did Richard Land state this guy is anathema. Nope. He just said it's troubling. Why? Because I think Richard Land recognizes these statements carefully crafted could be taken a myriad of ways. This was the statement, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father who did not. In other words, the heavenly father did not answer the cry of their heart. When they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, God said no, and they still love God. This is Richard Land. Frankly, this is an astounding statement. When God did not answer the cry of their heart, is he saying, this is a question, Friel, we get that. Is he saying that God was wrong in not accepting their sexual orientation? Or is he saying that God should have answered their prayer by changing that orientation? Now, either option, says Land, is blasphemous. But which is it? And the answer is, eh, which is precisely the point. In evangelical Christianity, you are going to see an increasing number of Atlantas. Jacksonville was crystal clear. This is just downright confusing. Again, at best. And they still love God? We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who want to worship with us. And I know the verses. I know the clobber passages, right? What, what the clop? Did he did he mean he agrees with or does it? Oh, I don't know. We got to figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. Ah, I see. Now, after the conference, there was a conversation that took place, and people were asking him about this. And we could dive in to the individual who reported it, but it's basically the same confusing, not clear statements on gender and sexuality. That's Atlanta. Which one are you? Which one is your church? If you have not decided, I would like to suggest to you 
now is the time. You are going to hear more doublespeak, more confusing language. I, I've, I've been through this drill before with Pastor Stanley. He said that it's time to unhitch the Bible because Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so is where all the problems began. Wait, what? You pointed out and what you hear back is, no, no, no. You didn't get the whole context of the sermon and the sermon series and all of my messages for the last 10 years. If you had, you wouldn't be so hot and bothered. So what do we do with a Pastor Andy Stanley who if pressed, could say, well, no, 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 I didn't affirm homosexuality. I was just saying those who have that inclination are amazing Christians compared to some straight Christians. He could say that because if you listen to it carefully, because he's always super careful with his language, he's not clear. And I think that's by design. If you recall, a number of years ago, he did a sermon on homosexuality, and I am when it was done, I it was like slow clap. It was amazing because if you had an individual who was homosexual or gay affirming versus a born again Christian in the room, each one would go, "Yep, he's on my side." Wait, what? How did that happen? It's because of the lack of clarity. And I suspect in this case, intentional lack of clarity in an effort to not be tagged by a society that's becoming increasingly hostile toward biblical Christianity. And so you bring these things up and what do you hear back? Well, that's not what he said. Right, right, right. Now, I haven't been keeping score of Pastor Stanley's controversial remarks over the years, but there have been a lot of them. Can you definitively say this is where he stands? I, I, I don't think so, because I know the response you're going to get. No, 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 no. Notice how he said that. You've got to listen carefully to that parenthetical remark. He didn't mean this. He was just saying that. I think that in instances like this, we have to say, I don't know where you're at, sir. But what I know is that you're a shepherd who is confusing the flock and you are compromising on the issue. And this is a time for clarion clarity. Was that redundant? This is the time to be Jacksonville. And a pastor who doesn't make it clear, who doesn't stand firm. Now, can can you say, well, that person is fill in the blank, heretic, false teacher. What we can say is because of the consistent amount of capitulation and confusion should simply be avoided. The shepherds are clear with their directives. Shepherds who love the sheep, the Lord and the truth are crystal clear on such plain subject. And those who aren't should be avoided at the least. This is Wretched Radio. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, 
training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines, not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries you might support overseas? To learn more, visit wretched.org pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org Bible. Your response to the all-new Transformed podcast with Dr. Greg Gifford has been phenomenal. As a matter of fact, your response has exceeded any expectations that we had. You can listen for new episodes, which debut every Saturday morning with Dr. Gifford tackling issues that we all encounter, but he only uses the Bible as the sad. That's biblical counseling. It's transformed, and it will take you from brokenness to wholeness. Transformed in all of our resources are possible only because of the generosity of you, our gospel partners. I encourage you, if you're not already a gospel partner, just head on over to wretched.org slash donate and you'll be able to find answers to questions I know you have. That's wretched.org slash donate. And don't forget to check out the all new Transformed podcast at transformed.org slash podcast. That's transformed.org slash podcast or anywhere podcasts are heard. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Books of the Bible. The Book of Psalms is a collection of divinely inspired songs of praise for every season in life. There are songs of lament, thanksgiving, praise, celebration, and remembrance of God's mighty deeds, all to help us find our soul's delight in God in all circumstances. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Two words, chin and boogie. This is Wretched Radio. Are we happy now, handsome Jimmy Hicks? (laughs) Very happy. Because you thought I was going to use that term to describe Andy Stanley's comments on gender and sexuality. Correct. That's what it was. It was chin boogie. It was razzle dazzle. It was confusing by design, not taking a position on an issue that is plain. We just did a YouTube video on the subject of when to leave a church and when to stay. 
This is a challenging issue because we love the local church. We don't want to be shopping and bopping. And yet we recognize there can be some times when you can go-go. And one of those times is when a church is endorsing sin or operating in a way that is sinful. In other words, if a church is not teaching clearly on something, causing confusion, allowing people to live in permissive lifestyles, that's massively problematic because these issues aren't confusing. There's really nothing in Christianity that's like, well, I don't know. The, the, the Bible is quite plain when it speaks. And on the subject of gender, the issue is dealt with in the garden. Male and female created he them. And then you see a husband and wife getting married, told to procreate, populate the planet, because only two opposite genders can do that. And all the way throughout the laws of Moses, all the way throughout the Gospels, Matthew 19, Jesus made it clear, marriages between a man and a woman. Paul made it clear in 1 Corinthians 6. Paul made it clear in Romans chapter 1. There is no lack of clarity from the Bible. And when a pastor causes you to scratch your head and go, what? That sort of chin boogie should cause us to ask, is this a church that I should be attending? And and because in this instance, Andy Stanley has been doing this for so many years, and because it is chin boogie, he has the ability to, he's like Muhammad Ali with George Foreman. He does a rope-a-dope. You can just blast away and he protects his ribs and his head, deflecting it because he can say, well, no, that's not exactly what I said. Well, what did you mean? Well, what I meant, and then out comes more confusion. And that is a sign that is so, one time a pastor can be unclear on something. For whatever reason, he lost himself in his notes. He just tossed something out rather off the cuff. And he didn't complete it or give a holistic presentation on a subject. What do you do with that one off? You let it go. But when it is consistent, when it is constant, when you hear chin boogie, uh, you got to eventually say, ah, this is just too dangerous. Headline from Christian Post, did Anley Stanley do a great disservice with comments on LGBT churchgoers? Now, the article is filled with comments from a fellow saying he absolutely compromised. But did you notice the Christian Post headline? Did he? Do a great disservice? That's the accusation. Did he do a great disservice? And by the way, notice a great disservice. What does that mean? Well, it's not heresy calling. It's not false teacher labeling. It's just bad. Why? Because if you listen to his comments, or quite honestly, any of his sermons, they are written so artfully to allow two sides of an issue to say, he agrees with me. You, you just have to say, too dangerous. We, 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 we've just got to be under clarion teaching on the subject. Jimmy, are you satisfied with my chin boogie explanation? <laughs> I'm very satisfied. What are we going to continue to see in evangelicalism? I, I think you're going to see more capitulation. 
and you're going to see more compromise. And you are not going to see people standing firm. If you would like to do something interesting tonight in your 64 hours of private quiet time, go look for and do the cross-references. You can start in Acts chapter 5. Stand firm. Standing firm. Stand firm. Paul repeats this phrase regularly. Stand firm. Standing firm. While standing firm. What is he talking? Is he talking about standing firm against an entity, a sphere, a dominion? No, he's saying stand firm in the truth. Stand firm. Don't compromise. Don't get wishy-washy. Don't don't do chin boogie. Now you're really happy with this. (laughs) The seeker-sensitive movement is going to experience, I think, something of a cleansing. At least I hope so, because I don't... This sort of chin boogie, it's not enough. You will either do a full-throated endorsement or you will be persecuted. The seeker-sensitive movement, in my estimation, has been the cause of so many woes. Not to mention a low view of church. Don't know who sent this to me. Very glad that you did. But Dr. R.C. Sproul was talking about church and those people who think it's boring. That was the genesis of the church growth movement. People think that church is boring. Therefore, we need to make it more interesting. We, we needed to make it something that the pagans want to attend. So we'll go out into the community and we will ask them, how do you want your church served? And we will alter the church to your needs. We are the Christian Burger King. R.C. Sproul responding to those who say, Church, it's so boring. We need to, you know, make it interesting. You know, it's inconceivable to me (laughs) that somebody could know that they were in the presence of God and be bored. Don't you miss this guy? Man. The problem's not stained glass. The problem's not organs and choirs. When I read through the Bible, particularly the record of the Old Testament, that gives us episode after episode after episode of encounters that people had with God. And you see that the human response to the presence of God is not homogenous. It's different from person to person. Sometimes when people encounter the living God, they're struck silent. They can't say a word. Sometimes their knees begin to knock, their lips begin to quiver, rottenness enters into their bones, and they are terrified. Others record a response of being absolutely humiliated. Job, behold, I am vile. I'll place my hand upon my mouth and speak no more and repent in dust and ashes. Some people are giddy with laughter. Others are reduced to uncontrollable weeping. But I have yet to find anywhere in here that when the living God makes his presence known, that somebody's bored. (laughs) (laughs) That's inconceivable to me. (laughs) I wonder if that was before or after the Princess Bride. 
church is not boring. Now, can the person be boring in presentation? Yep, but even if he is, church itself is not. Why? Because when we gather as saints, we are the most dense representation of the kingdom of God on this planet. And we find this boring. The problem really is not with the music, the architecture. It, it's, it's, it's not even with the style of music per se. It's with us that we fail to remember what we are doing, that we are going to hear from the living God and return praises to him. And we think that's boring? That somebody could know that they were in the presence of God and be bored. Nor do you find people meeting up with God in the scriptures and walking away from that encounter saying, well, that was interesting, but I don't see the relevance of it. <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's not the problem's not stained glass. The problem's not organs and choirs. Definitely not the organ. That couldn't be the problem. It's the solution. The problem is the absence of God from the center of our worship. Ouch. <sighs> the seeker sensitive movement entirely misreading and coming up with an ecclesiology that is woefully deficient in an understanding of what it is that we do when we assemble. And so we have made church silly centers, amusement parks where people can come and hopefully not think that church is boring. Why? Because of an absence of truth, an absence of clarity, an absence, if you will, of the presence of God, an absence of sobriety, the seeker-sensitive movement, it's damaged the church more than perhaps any other movement in Christendom ever. Let's hope there's a cleansing. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, parents in Wisconsin are suing a Madison school district over a gender support plan, whatever that means, that was going to advise teachers to hide students' struggles with gender dysphoria from the parents, despite the catastrophic risks of doing so. Madison Metropolitan School District instructed their staff to share information about a student's gender identity and pronouns only based on the student's preferences or as outlined in their gender support plan. Pro-life leaders in Congress have confronted the Biden administration on its recent actions to promote the male distribution of abortion pills in violation of federal law at the expense of preborn life. Earlier in January, the Justice Department declared that a provision of a 150-year-old law called the Comstock Act makes it illegal for the United States Postal Service to deliver any article, instrument, substance, drug, medicine, or thing which is advertised or described in a manner calculated to lead another to use or apply it for producing abortion. But the Biden Justice Department determined that it really doesn't mean what it says. <laughs> for 150 years it's meant that, but now it really doesn't mean that. 
California Governor Gavin Newsom recently criticized the idea of being clean and sober because sometimes the world requires self-medication. I didn't exaggerate or make that up. Clean and sober is one of the biggest mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a hold-your-hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. If you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, We all need to self-medicate periodically. Being clean and sober, one of the biggest mistakes this country's ever made. Now, I would say not requiring politicians to have compassion, that's probably it. And that's just me. Speaking of which, last week Minnesota passed by the slimmest possible margin a bill that would allow mothers to kill their unborn children all the way up to birth. Senators approved the bill by just one vote, 34-33, and the governor is expected to sign the measure into law course he is. And the state of Utah has become the latest state that bans, quote, gender-affirming care or body mutilation is a better description. As Governor Spencer Cox signed the bill into law on Saturday, which restricts access to puberty blockers, hormones, and surgical procedures. A church pastor in northeast Nigeria was slain last Thursday, and anti-Christian violence continued to grow in the southern part of the country with the killing of two Christians in Delta State. The pastor was abducted from his home around midnight on Wednesday, and his body was found on a roadside in the city the next day. As we tell you nearly daily, please make sure you continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. An apostle is a messenger sent from God. The apostles were granted power and authority to establish the New Testament church. There are no apostles living today, but just as the early church dedicated themselves to the apostles' teachings, so we dedicate ourselves to their teachings, which have been recorded in the New Testament. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And two Roman Catholics. This is Wretched Radio, not breaking my promise. At least I I hope not. A couple of weeks ago, I said, just going to sit in the bleachers, make some popcorn, watch the conversation unfold as Christians go about the business of reexamining the relationship between church and state. It is a conversation currently in flux. Why? Because it's a massive discussion on a humongous subject. It is big, big, big. If you study Protestant Reformation history, you will note the oven in which church-state relationships, Christian political theory were baked, was one where the lines were blurry at best. Coming out of the Middle Ages, you see a blending of papal authority and emperor authority. And sometimes it was hard to tell which one was which. If you recall, it was the emperor, not the pope. Now, the pope was encouraging it, but it was the emperor who had Martin Luther chased down for heresy. What is the emperor doing involved with a heresy trial? And the answer is because church-state relationships were far more mingled than what we are used to in an American representative republic. Out of that oven came all kinds of theories. Martin Luther, he appeared to evolve in his position. So it depends on when you quote Martin Luther, 
what his attitude was toward church and state. John Calvin seemed to move, again, depends on when you quote him, from a separatist position to having a theocratic city-state. And he was happy to participate in that, having the government put to death individuals for heresy. John Knox, he believed that it was the Christian's duty to resist the tyrants. If you study the Anabaptists and the Pietists, they believe in a separation doctrine. The Puritans in England, because of the Church of England, Henry VIII, the Tudor family, the vying between Catholic and Protestant, your realm, your religion, And ultimately, Elizabeth I, if you recall, it was Henry VIII, and then it was Edward VI, lived for nine years. And by the way, underneath his Protestant reign, even though he was a nine-year-old at the time, or very young, maybe six-year reign, the, the Anglican Book of Common Prayer was distributed. Huh. But then... He died, and who took over? His stepsister, Bloody Mary, who went about the business of killing Protestants. A lot. Boys, girls, men, women. She didn't care your age. If you were a Protestant, and so hundreds of Protestants gave their lives as she tried to make England Catholic again. I wonder if she had baseball caps about that. She ultimately was succeeded by Elizabeth I, a Protestant who did what? Made England Protestant again and became uh, something governor of the Church of England. And so we see that to this day, centuries later, that the king or the queen is the head of the Church of England? Huh. How did that relationship come about? Because of the early debates inside of Protestantism on the relationship between church and state. And I share that rather truncated history of church-state relationships simply to remind us this is a big subject. And right now, there are Christians who are trying to sort it. I'm presently writing an article called, You Better Get Used to It. You are going to see good brothers and sisters, good theologians debating this, maybe even adjusting, altering, totally changing their position on the subject of church and state. And we need to get used to being in fellowship with one another because this is not an essential issue. In fact, I would suggest to you it doesn't even rise to the level of secondary issue where we would find issues like eschatology and baptism, paedo-baptism versus believer's baptism. And haven't we been able to get along on those subjects even while disagreeing? John MacArthur and R.C. Sproul modeled that for us. On those two, they also disagreed on covenantalism, church polity. They agreed on a lot, and yet they loved one another. Why? Because they were square on the essentials. And so it is, sitting in the bleachers, watching this happen, not going to comment. Instead, we'll just play a little snippet of John MacArthur in a recent sermon. I've been hearing some discussion about the fact that we as evangelicals have an urban mandate to, I don't know what, to redeem cities. Um, You know what the urban mandate is? To proclaim judgment. That is the urban mandate. 
And if you want to know why I say that, go to Matthew chapter 11, and that's what Jesus did. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. It'll be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it's going to be for you. Oof. The urban mandate is to go into your city and proclaim judgment. Look, I, I, I don't know how you're viewing the issues going on in the Ukraine, but this, the divine perspective is this. That is divine judgment. That is divine judgment. What else? What else? On sinful people who deserve that judgment. God told his people in the past, come out from among them and be separate. In verse 16, God is saying, I'm going to be your God. And it's messianic. It's, it's, it's kingdom kind of language. Come out from among them and be separate. I have settled the issue of your future. Don't touch what is unclean. That's from Isaiah 52. You can read it yourself. We're kind of running out of time. It's a call here, really a call to separation, based on the reality of the coming kingdom, the reality of the coming kingdom. And when we do this, we will be received with full acceptance and full honor. You don't need to make alliances, verse 17, just be separate. You don't need to touch what is unclean. I will welcome you. I'll be a father to you. You'll all be sons and daughters to me. That is a fulfillment, really, of the expanding of the, the Davidic covenant that promised a son of David, and in that son of David, a whole humanity. And that was the thrust of 2 Samuel 7, 1 Chronicles 17. Well, I think I've said enough to kind of give you the picture here. Wish I had a little more time, but let's draw it to a conclusion. Um, chapter 7, verse 1, not a good place to separate. Therefore, having these promises, and the word promises is important because that's exactly what we have been talking about. These are Promises, promises from God in the Old Testament, from Jeremiah, from Ezekiel, from Isaiah, even from 2 Samuel 7, 1 Chronicles 17. You could even add Isaiah 43 in on that 18th verse. Based upon all these kingdom promises, eschatological Having these promises, look, people say, is how important is eschatology? It's really important because it's the end of the story. But more than that, I, I'm glad to know who wins in the end. And his kingdom will come, and it will be a kingdom of righteousness and justice and peace and holiness. So since that's already decided and promised, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Anticipating that God is on schedule to bring the kingdom of Christ. 
and realizing that no alliance with Satan has any part in that, you want to make sure that you cleanse yourself from all literally filthiness, molismus, any filthy alliance, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In other words, your worship goes all directly to God. So our calling is clear. Holy means separate, doesn't it? Isn't holiness separation? Our calling is clear. Call people out of the darkness to the light from damnation to salvation. Tell them what Mark 1, 15 says, repent and believe in the gospel. And don't make any alliances with the kingdom of darkness. Couldn't have said it better myself. But I'm not saying it. <laughs> this is Wretched Radio. Yes, you're busy, but I suspect you could spare two minutes if it saved you $500 a month. Please call MediShare for 120 seconds. They will give you a quote on affordable biblical health sharing and alternative to health insurance. You get free telehealth services, a huge network of doctors, customer support, people praying for you and 400,000 members sharing one another's health burdens. That is what MediShare is about. And on average, you will save, whether you are a single or a family, $500 per month. It will take you two minutes to make a phone call and find out how you could be saving and have peace of mind. Got two minutes? Call 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. We know you have infinite choices in what gets your time, and we don't take for granted that you've chosen Wretched Radio. And we also want to thank those of you who are monthly Wretched Gospel Partners. Without your support, we could not do all that we're able to do. From Wretched Radio and Wretched TV to other productions like Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, and Breaking Bread, not to mention the many resources available in the Wretched store, they're all possible only because of you and your ongoing support. If you're not already a monthly Wretched Gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? Help us continue producing quality productions that reach millions with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And know that we take seriously our stewardship of the resources you provide. That's why we're audited yearly by the ECFA, so you know we're accountable to you. Get all the information you could ever need about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner now by visiting wretched.org donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Preborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives? That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing when she got here. It was just, oh my gosh. <laughs> Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. 
The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched. Revelation. How can anyone know God unless he reveals himself? If God did not speak, religion would be nothing more than man's best guess. But God has revealed himself in creation, in the Bible, and in the person of Jesus Christ. We can know God, and we can be brought into right standing with him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh, so... Oh, unsettled, this is Wretched Radio. Just don't know which stinger to play. As the world turns insane. All white people are racist. We're not going to discuss, oh, maybe some of us can work it out. No, you're always going to be racist, actually. Come. Well, there's that stinger. But on the other hand, should I choose this one? the world turns insane. The idea that an eight-year-old child or a ten-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. I fish. Well, let's just pick both of them, shall we? Taylor Swift. She's got a new video. When doesn't she? Mega popular. It has been seen so far by well over ten million viewers on the YouTube machine. Her love interest is a transgender man. I think that I finally got this sorted. I I think I've got it figured out because I recall when the whole trans issue began. Okay, so a trans woman means that it's a woman who wants to be, is it a man that was a woman? Well, now it's, if you're a transgender man, you're not a biological male. You've been one who has confused yourself and allowed others to confuse you that you are the opposite gender. So her love interest is a transgender man, which means it's a woman who likes to think that she's actually a man. It's called Lavender Hayes. Written and directed by Taylor Swift, features transgender male model, I can't even pronounce the first name, as her love interest, In an early scene, the two of them are seen lying in bed together before she reveals a starry sky on his, which should be her, bare back. The trans model is later seen cuddling with the 11-time Grammy-winning star at a party. In other words, young kids are being exposed to this increasingly. It's in cartoons. PBS is doing it. Hollywood is cranking out films. And this is the next step in indoctrinating a society, bending it, getting us used to seeing sin, compromising on our values. One of the modus operandi is to have you meet these people because, well, they're humans and we have compassion and we care as we should. But they believe that by introducing you to real people who struggle with gender identities will compromise what God clearly said. There's male and female, pink and blue. Thanks, Taylor Swift, for continuing that indoctrination. A Georgia, this is a kid we should be praying for. 19 years old. I didn't know you could be a cop at such a young age. Jimmy, I don't know. Is this in 
Anywhere, do you know where this is in Georgia? Port Wentworth. I do not. Uh, do you want to Google that? Just sure. find it out. Find it on the map. I'm just curious because, well, we're in Georgia. A young man named Jacob Kersey had to quit because of the pressure that he felt like he was going to be fired for doing what? Well, being clear, not capitulating, not compromising, not confusing, but being clear on his personal Facebook page. He had the audacity to make the primitive claim God designed marriage. Marriage refers to Christ and the church. That's why there's no such thing as homosexual marriage. And for that, he received a letter. He wasn't fired, but he decided to quit because he was, well, it was made pretty clear. You keep talking like that, son, and you're off the team. The major for the Port Wentworth Police Department, which is located uh, just outside of Savannah. Ah, yeah. Just outside of Savannah. Yeah. Lovely. It's humid there. <laughs> Very humid. It's like spending time in Savannah is like living in somebody's mouth. Back to the letter from the major explained that while the department's investigation into his social media posts didn't find sufficient evidence to establish a violation of any policies, but this was a big no-no because they are a protected class that he is not affirming, and it could raise reasonable concerns regarding your objectivity and the performance of your job duties when a member or suspected member of the LGBTQ plus community is involved. That was enough to get this young man to quit threatening termination, even though he didn't break any rules. We just don't know if you can do your job because you hate him, is the assumption, and we don't. As we have discussed previously, said the major, please be reminded that if any post on any of our social media platforms or any other statement or action renders you unable to perform, huh? And to be seen as able to perform your job in a fair and equitable manner, you could be terminated. Reminding the young man that same-sex marriage is legal in Georgia and the U.S. following the 2015 Supreme Court decision of Obergefell v. Hodges. Be praying for that kid. He's young and he's being courageous. This, is, this really is what courage looks like in our time. That you don't waffle, you don't give in. No, we aren't resistors, rebels, or revolutionaries, but we stand firm. A, a rather, I think there's nine verses on stand. Jimmy, you got your concordance handy? Uh, I can. Yes. Do stand firm. Just look at it. Look up for stand firm because I know it's Acts chapter five. It's in Ephesians. It's all over the Bible. That kid is doing it, and he's feeling it. Here's somebody who's capitulating. In England, the Archbishop of York says gay sex is okay if it's in a committed, stable, faithful relationship. Oh, adding that same-sex married couples will be welcomed fully into the life of the church on their terms. Well, so much for Christ being the head of the church. <laughs> I thought membership was based on his terms, you know, the whole kingdom of the keys, church discipline, business, so much for that. This comes on the heel of the denomination's recent decision not to officiate same-sex marriages, but to offer blessings for same-sex couples in civil partnerships within its churches. That is just really, really 
tragic. That's overt. Uh, that, that That is a clear separate. I'm sorry, Mr. Archbishop of York. Um, you're endorsing sin. You qualify as being one who allows people to live in sin. You're not an archbishop. You are not an elder. And you are not leading a church. Call it something else, but that ain't a church. Jimmy, how's your concordance work during? I see you're squinting over there. Yeah, I'm still looking. Most Americans say they want to grow spiritually amid growing openness to other faiths. Ooh, postmodernism has made its way even into the church. 77% of respondents expressed belief in a higher power. 74% said, now this is the good part, said they want to grow spiritually. Now, if they're being honest and I have no cause to doubt them, that means evangelism shouldn't be as daunting as you perhaps think that it is. They want to learn. And this has been my experience on campus. I just saw the video of the first kid in years who got a little testy. At the, <laughs> at the very end, he kind of walked off in a huff. And it's really been the first time. So apparently he's not in the 74% is what I'm saying. But otherwise, people are interested in hearing things. If we will just, you know, share it with them. Cool. The FDA revises its ban on gay and bisexual men donating blood following pressure from GLAAD, medical professionals, elected officials, LGBTQ Americans, and allies. There used to be a waiting period of 12 months. Now it's three months. Uh, the, the moral to the story is um, if you need blood, you might want to know the source of it. And if you can't find out, you might want to call a family member. Jimmy. Yes. Stand firm. Uh, 18. Really? Yes. Stand firm and resist the government? Is that the context of these verses? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Stand I'm not commenting. on. Go ahead. What are some of the verses? 1 Corinthians 16. Be, a, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Yeah, that kid from, from wherever, Savannah, Georgia, mm -hmm. doing that. Well done, son. What else you got? Let's see. Second uh, Corinthians one twenty four. Not that we lord it over your faith, but our workers with you. Uh, but our workers with you for your joy. For in your faith you are standing firm. Okay, so that's two in the stand firm in the faith. Mm -hmm. Now there is a verse about fighting. It's actually contending. We are to contend for the truth. Is there anything in the New Testament about resisting? Yes, resist temptation, and the devil will flee from you. Jimmy, give me one more. Stand firm. Uh, Ephesians 6, the, therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. That is the calling for Christians, and that is what we must do. Now, can we go overboard with being winsome? Oh, absolutely. You can winsomely compromise everything, but we will speak truth in love. We are called to stand firm, and I don't know if this young man in Savannah prepared for this day, but he's doing what we're commanded to do repeatedly and might i suggest we all need to be prepared to stand firm as the world turns insane <clears throat> not nearly as low as you until tomorrow go serve your king